After a tumultuous ending to the regular season, the IU women's basketball team uh, gets set for the Big Ten tournament that officially kicks off today. Hoosiers won't play until tomorrow, but that doesn't mean we can't preview the Big Ten tournament as a whole with a special guest uh, to join us to do that today. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Wednesday, March 2nd. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics, uh, whether it's men's basketball, women's basketball, as we'll discuss today, uh, soccer, football, whatever it is, we have you guys covered with all the news, analysis, recaps, and previews you guys need. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rood. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where we premiere the episodes daily at 7 a.m., uh, make them part of your morning routine. Today's episode of Locked On Hoosiers is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here, and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports hosting service. As I mentioned at the top, we will be previewing the uh, Women's Big Ten Basketball Tournament. I promise you guys it is going to be an exciting one. Uh, regardless of the fact that the Hoosiers are one of the best teams in the Big Ten, so much talent in the Big Ten uh, on the women's side, and uh, this is a perfect time to tune in, to watch, to get excited about uh, these games because it's going to be a really fun time this upcoming week. And as much as I uh, pretend to know a lot about women's basketball, uh, we brought in a special guest in Amanda Foster. She is the um, sports editor for the IDS. She covered the men's soccer beat in the fall. She's done a terrific job covering the women's basketball team this season, though, as well. We brought her in to discuss what happened at the end of the regular season with IU, look at their chances in the Big Ten tournament, and then look at the Big Ten tournament as a whole, get a sense of what teams, what players you guys should be watching. Before we jump into that conversation, as always, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers and on Instagram at Locked on Hoosiers. So without further ado, let's jump into our conversation with Amanda. And as promised, we are now joined by uh, women's basketball beat writer for the IDS this season, Amanda Foster. First, Amanda, thanks a ton for coming on today. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm excited. It, this is March, finally. Uh, the calendar finally turns over, and you get a different feel. Uh, the games seem to matter a little bit more, even if uh, even if they, it's still regular season games for the men's team, uh, but it is tournament time for the women's team. Uh, Big Ten tournament starts this week. Before we jump into that, I want to talk about what happened at the end of the regular season? Because uh, if you look back on uh, that Saturday going into the Iowa game, the first Iowa game, IU had a, I believe, a two-game lead in the Big Ten standings, and six days later, they were in fifth place. Uh, I know this is a very kind of open-ended question, but what what happened? What led to that collapse? 
Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's so open-ended. And I was talking about this with, with my other reporter yesterday is that you can't pinpoint one one thing that went wrong with the team. You know, it's not like they couldn't shoot. It's not like they couldn't defend because they went into that last week and they played Iowa twice within 48 hours. They played them on Saturday and they played them again on Monday night and they had to travel to Iowa City on Sunday to get there on Monday. And so that's a whole, you know, issue in itself in that you don't have time to practice. You don't really have a lot of time to adjust because you have to focus on travel. And then they did have some time off, but then they had to travel to Maryland. And Maryland is one of the top teams in terms of attendance in the Big Ten. I was, I believe, the first. And so those are both so hard to play in front of. Those those crowds, those fans are so hard um, to really get any momentum. And so I think, you know, having to pinpoint one thing that went wrong is that they couldn't find a rhythm in any of those three games. Um, they had slow starts. They got beat in the very beginning by, all, by both teams in all three games. Um, and so they had to do the adjusting mid game while the other team could not cruise because I, Indiana did compete, but they, they controlled the pace of the play. They controlled how the game was played and they made Indiana adjust to their own style of play. It would be like the, the baseline, um, for what, what happened in that last week, I would say. Yeah. Slow starts kind of plagued this team all season long. <laughs> and, uh, obviously that first Iowa game, if it wasn't for, a a historic uh, fourth quarter that scoreline doesn't even look as good as it did. Um, yeah. Ultimately it was three losses in their final three games, four in their last five. How much of this was just the crammed schedule as well that they had to play. They had nine games in 22 days in February, eight and 18 games. I mean, how much did that factor into that as well? I, I would say, and Terry Morin said this in almost every post-game press conference, um, that that makes a huge difference because I think in the entire month of February, since Indiana returned from their 14-day COVID break, they didn't have more than two or three days in between a game to prepare. And that included sometimes traveling or, you know, you want to give your team a day off because they're tired, they're playing basketball all the time. Um, and so Terry Morin said that, you know, they really, they had very little time to really do anything except go game, game, game. Um, the players, on the other hand, would say Grace Berger especially said that she wanted a game every day, that they would just keep playing and playing and playing. But <laughs> Terry Moran probably has the smarter approach and that maybe you need to take a break sometimes. Um, but those that that last stretch was really, I think, a, a big, not an issue for Indiana, but it definitely set them back. It was detrimental, um, especially in relation to other teams in the Big Ten who didn't have to do that. And Terry Moran talked about that, how they kind of got – um, it was a little unfair how their season played out, how the rescheduling happened, playing Iowa again in three days, two games in three days, um, because those are it's hard teams to beat. It's not like you're playing a Rutgers or a Penn State, and so you want the time to prepare, but when you don't have time to prepare, that will definitely impact everybody in one way or another. Yeah, and I mean, that isn't something I, I made note of, but just the fact that the last three games you're playing are against two of the best teams in the conference. Um, that's about as brutal of a final three games as you can get. And it was as wild of a, a Big Ten season, obviously, as we kind of alluded to for Indiana to go from first to fifth in six days. Uh, other teams had to had to be playing well as well. Um, there was – this is kind of a tied to one another. Mackenzie Holmes obviously missed a, a chunk of the season, about a month. Uh, with that injury, um, ha I, I know she she returned a little bit early, 
She also had two of maybe the toughest post players to go up against and maybe made things look a little bit worse. What did you see from her in, in returning to action? And does it seem like she's uh, kind of turning the corner and starting to look more like her old self? Um, I would say definitely after, especially seeing her play Maryland, where she did she put up 11 points in that game and had a little bit more of an impact. Um, she looked a lot like herself in some regards, obviously not every way. You know, running up and down the court, she's still a little, little slow at times. Um, not as aggressive underneath the basket as she was before, because obviously you probably don't want to re-aggravate that knee injury. Um, Terry Morin said that she came in and she was at 60% in her recovery. Um, so like you said, she's definitely not, you know, back back to full strength, back to full health. Um, I would say against Iowa, she did seem to struggle. She wasn't that aggressive. She didn't, she didn't look like herself. You know, we saw her warming up and we thought she's going to be good. She's sprinting around the court. She's making her shots but she wasn't she wasn't playing the way she did before she got injured which obviously it makes sense but i also think that they couldn't afford to not bring her back you know yeah. you can they they wanted to bring her back at home so they brought her back against northwestern who turned out to be a much harder competition than i think indiana expected and then you go into iowa and maryland and you need her against the big players in the post and you you need just that intimidation factor, um, if nothing else. And that we did see that when she was on the court. Um, but then unfortunately for Indiana, you know, Iowa and Maryland were able to work around that. Um, so I think that she, she slowly has had the chance to kind of find more of her rhythm. Um, not to the extent that she could have depending on if they had played other teams, but I think going forward, you know, she, she can really only go up in, in what I can see. You know, she's not going to take a lot of risks and try to get hurt, um, but she's going to do what she can to get back to how she was or at least back to the the best point that she can be so she can help her team go as far as they need to go in the tournaments. Yeah, and going up against <clears throat> Sonano and Reese in the final three games is daunting even for a, a fully healthy Mackenzie Holmes, let alone one exactly. that is that is struggling to – or working her way back, I should say, to full health. If there was a silver lining in uh, McKenzie being out as long as she did, is I thought it really um, helped some of those other players, Alexa Goulbay, uh, Keandra Brown, Chloe Moore McNeil, get some big minutes that maybe they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Uh, is that kind of one of the biggest long-term benefits, as much as there can be a benefit from an injury uh, for this Hoosier team? I would definitely say so. Um, I mean, Kendra Brown took on Mackenzie Holmes' starting spot, um, which is, I think, great for her confidence. And it changed the way that Indiana was able to play the game because Kendra Brown plays so much differently than Mackenzie Holmes. Obviously, they're not they're not the same player. They're not the same person. Um, and then as for Chloe Moore McNeil as well, Indiana's bench didn't get a lot of time to play when all of its starters were, full, were fully healthy. But Indiana's bench is going to be what will carry the team, especially in the next few years. And so to have a player like Chloe Moore McNeil, who came into the beginning of the season, not shooting the ball, not looking confident really whatsoever, she would stand there and pass it out to Allie Patberg or Grace Berger most of the time to have her then do what she did against Purdue in both games, scoring a double digit, setting career highs, season highs, and giving her that confidence to just come on the court and produce for Indiana is going to be good for the rest of this season because she has the confidence to do that in almost any situation now, it seems like. And then especially going further into the next few years, because she is a sophomore, she'll be around longer than a lot of the other players right now, um, is I think going to be great. And then you mentioned Alexa Goulbet, who has been second to Mackenzie Holmes in almost every statistic. 
And I think she was kind of under the radar because everybody was focused on Holmes, which rightfully so. But mm. she, I think, was also able to kind of figure out her style of play and not not that she was like overshadowed or like pushed away by Holmes, but she was able to kind of figure out what her role was on her own. Um, and that that's helped her. That's helped the whole team. And I think it's helped Holmes as she's been coming back because everybody's independent in what they can do. Yeah, it, there isn't nearly as much pressure on her to come in and yeah. and be what she was because of Ghoul Bay and Brown both stepping up uh, the ways that they did. Uh, having gone through the, the bad part maybe of the, the recap of the end of the season, let's look forward to uh, this Big Ten uh, tournament, what the Hoosiers can potentially do in it here in just one moment. It's about the time of year where I've pretty much given up on my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. Sticking to it to eat right, and that's because of Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not even really a resolution. These taste like candy bars anyway. I can just trick myself into thinking that they are uh, a candy bar. Uh, one of the reasons is because Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, they're low calorie. They're high protein. You can replace your candy bars with these. You can compare them to whatever your favorite candy bar is. It's going to be better for you. Uh, most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of, or four net carbs, uh, and 17 grams of protein. So you're looking um, in high protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carbs. Uh, the best part as well, I've sa I say that about a lot of things with this uh, Built Bar, but one of the favorite parts is the flavors as well. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, whatever you guys think sounds like a delicious flavor, Built Bar probably has it. Uh, and if they don't, they're probably making it because they release limited time flavors all the time. So make sure you guys head on over to Built.com. While you're over there, once you pick out your favorite flavor, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. It's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks again for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Bracket Breakdown March 14th right here on the Locked On Hoosiers podcast feed and YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling gives you an in-depth breakdown on every matchup. Now let's go back to our conversation with Amanda. So before we jump into the Big Ten tournament itself on Monday – uh, the NCAA released its last top 16 um, rate rankings, whatever you want to call them. Basically, if you're in that, you're hosting a first two-round game in the NCAA tournament. Hoosiers come in at number 15. Um, so they're in line to host, but barely. Uh, were you surprised at all to see them in the top 16, given everything we just talked about? Um, I was. I, I'm not going to lie. Um, I figured that they would kind of be on the cusp, but I didn't think they would quite get to that 16, 15 spot. I definitely wasn't expecting them to get anything um, higher than like 14, if anything. Um, but there were, you know, other teams in the Big Ten, in the NCAA in the past week that had some losses, had some upsets. So I'm not overly surprised in that aspect. But if it was just about how Indiana was playing, then then, yeah, that would have been um that would have been an interesting, interesting thing to see. The the good for Indiana is they still have some really good wins um, that is certainly carrying them right now. And um, 
they're kind of riding that, but going into the Big Ten tournament, you're hoping that this extra week off of rest and recovery for McKenzie Holmes and others uh, can be vital. Hoosiers are going to go into this tournament, as we said, as the five seed. Uh, they get a bye into the second round, I guess, is what it technically is. Uh, there's just two games on Wednesday uh, today. They will play the winner of Rutgers and Penn State. They did not play Rutgers. That was the one game that they did not make up. Uh, they did pit, play Penn State, beat them pretty handily. I believe it was by 30 points. Uh, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. 30 points. Yeah. And uh, is there, I mean, how much upset potential is there in this? What's just kind of the expectation for that game? Um, I, I would say that there's very little expectation of an upset. Um, Indiana should beat whoever they face Rutgers or Penn state without a problem. Um, you know, Rutgers has three in conference wins. I believe Penn state has five. Um, neither have really been at the top at all. They've barely been in the middle of the conference, um, throughout the season. And so, you know, big 10 basketball is crazy sometimes. Um, so there's not, it's not like a hundred percent that Indiana will win because obviously you can never say that. Um, but something, something very bad would have to happen for the Hoosiers, um, for them to lose that game. Yeah. Coming in Rutgers is three and 14 in big 10 play Penn state was five and 13. Uh, I won't never, there's no never say never with Indiana and Indiana basketball and the big 10 tournament. I don't know what it is with both sides, but uh, it's just this curse. But if you want to make the assumption that Indiana is going to win that game, there is a matchup looming with Maryland on Friday. Um, is there any kind of added motivation, you think, to get that rubber game? And uh, I guess what's kind of the mindset for the team kind of going into this tournament and that game? Um, I mean, you know, being being around the team and seeing kind of how they operate this season, I, I'm going to hazard a guess that they're excited to be playing Maryland because they can kind of redeem themselves. They can prove that, you know, the one win they had in January in Bloomington over Maryland, which was the first win they got over Maryland since they entered the Big Ten, um, they want to prove that that wasn't a fluke and that obviously, you know, they can compete with Maryland, but they want to show that they can win. Um and so I think that that's something that Indiana will go into it holding that Maryland won't um, because Maryland just beat them last Friday. Um, and so I think I think that motivation, you know, Indiana has been motivated and gritty and tough throughout the whole season. They came into the season acting like that already. And so they're not going to give up. Um, they they'll fight until the very last minute. And so I think that's going to be something that will really help them going into it. Just kind of looking at this bracket. Now, with as much talent as there is at the top of the conference, there isn't necessarily an easy draw, but the Hoosiers have a couple teams uh, on their side of the bracket that they have beaten. Uh, <clears throat> you mentioned they beat Maryland early in the season. That was a, a big win uh, psychologically, I think, as much as anything else. And then the one seed, uh, Ohio State, is a team that they beat on the road I mean, it was a long time ago, but it was a, a pretty handily win uh, in that mm -hmm. game. Uh, what are the kind of the realistic goals or expectations for IU in this Big Ten tournament? You know, I think I think the biggest game for them, quite honestly, might be the Maryland game if they if they make it to there, if they win their first game, because I think, like you said, 
Indiana beat Ohio State, who we we were surprised to see Ohio State at number one. Yeah. Um, that shows how crazy Big Ten basketball is. Um, but I think if they can get past Maryland, then they have a solid shot in their part of the bracket, especially. Um, you know, the other part of the bracket has Iowa and Michigan, um, who Indiana both lost to. And so that that's another story. I think I think a reasonable goal or expectation for them would probably be get to the semifinals, get past Maryland. And then, you know, you're playing these big teams who you you have lost to and who are some of the best teams in the in the conference, in the country, some of the best players in the country, no doubt. Um and so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like the title game winning, winning the tournament overall is necessarily like the big goal for them because they've talked about how their biggest goal is to host NCAA tournament games. Um, but I think they're looking at Maryland as, as kind of this, this big thing to get over, to give them the momentum going forward. And winning the tournament would require four wins in four days, which we just, Definitely. we spent a lot of time talking about. Uh, that schedule catching up to them, I'm sure, even with a, almost a week off, this is a very tired group. So uh, certainly wouldn't rule it out. This team has enough talent to do that. But I would be surprised, impressed, uh, if they were able to string together four wins in a row over this upcoming weekend. Uh, kind of looking, you mentioned the um, hosting a tournament game. If the Hoosiers do go one and one, they beat Rutgers or Penn State and lose to Maryland. I know a lot of other things can play out, but I mean, is that going to be enough to host a tournament game? I I don't think a one and one record will count them out. Um, it's I don't think it'll guarantee anything at all. And like you said, I think it will it will depend on a lot of other factors. Um, if Iowa loses if michigan loses if maryland loses any any combination of that depending on what stage in the tournament i think could set indiana up even if they do just go one and one um there's so much unknown right now that it's it's hard to do hard to give like a very solid concrete mm -hmm. prediction um but i i would say that the hope isn't lost even if they lose to maryland what is i mean is the best case scenario for this team winning the tournament I would say so. I don't I don't know what what could be better than that. Um, I think there are other lesser best case scenarios, you know, where like they could they could beat Maryland and they could make it to the semifinals and lose or they could make it to the finals and then lose. And they would probably still get in that top 16 spot, given their regular season resume and just their performance overall. Um, but that'd be definitely best case scenarios to win. Let's look at this tournament as a whole, because this was a wild Big Ten season, uh, a lot of fun to cover down the stretch. And let's just get a sense of, of who to watch uh, because I encourage everybody to tune into this uh, this tournament because it's going to be a fun – I mean, March Madness is fun. Tournament time is fun anyway, and there's a lot of talent uh, in this tournament. So we're going to preview the tournament as a whole here in just a moment. We mentioned them at the top of the show. Today's sponsor is Run Your Pool. March Madness is only about two weeks away, and that means you need to start thinking now – about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going to go for the usual or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here and we're running brackets with runyourpool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick'em, which both are really fun in their own ways. They have options to edit scoring. They, have, they offer intel to make your picks. It's all stuff you're not going to find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain new customers. 
Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test. Uh, if you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter promo code PUREMADNESS, one word, at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. The ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to find your part, whatever it is you need at your local auto parts store. On top of that, it's cold, although it is feeling a little bit more like spring. It's generally been cold. We're in a pandemic still. Just a whole bunch of reasons not to get out and stand in line. Uh, just to end up finding out that the part isn't available, they're going to have to order it anyway. Cut out that middleman. You have a computer. Just head on over to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket. You can save time and money using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, whether it's brake parts, whether it's tail lamps, whether it's motor oil, even if you're just looking for new carpet on your floorboards. They have you guys set no matter what it is. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Looking at this Big Ten tournament field, you kind of mentioned something I was going to say earlier in that uh, when we were coming down to the final week, weeks of play, uh, and it was down to five teams, I would say the team I least expected to win the Big Ten tournament or the Big Ten was Ohio State. And here they are as the one seed. Um, what is, I mean, is there any kind of clear favorite or favorites uh, when just looking at this Big Ten tournament field? I mean, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be very basic. I think for all of women's basketball, especially in the Big Ten, and I mean, uh, Iowa with Caitlin Clark and Monica Zanano, um, you saw how well they could perform against Indiana, who has a very solid defense. Um, and Caitlin Clark was just named Big Ten Player of the Year. Um, she's like the name in college basketball right now for women's college basketball, at least. And so I think Iowa has a lot of um hype around them and so you can't not look at them as a favorite um in that same vein i would also say michigan because of naz hillman and just the success that they've had and iowa and michigan faced off in the the final game of the regular season for those two teams and iowa scored something like 107 points crazy numbers that are being put up um that you can't you can't ignore i would say those two teams but obviously they're going to face each other before they hit the finals if if both of them get to that point um, and so then it gets a little tricky because you don't know who else to look for, because I would say, even though Ohio state is the one seed and they did, they did get part of that big 10 title in the regular season. I don't, I don't see them going as far compared to the other teams in the conference. Um, and so I would, I would probably say either Indiana or Maryland is other, uh, definitely other teams to watch other teams who have the, the most potential to get the furthest in the tournament. 
yeah, looking at Iowa in the final weeks of the season, there are not a lot of teams in the country playing as well as they are. Um, I'm sure, sure IU fans saw that Iowa-Michigan scoreline as they were tuning into the men's game the other night. Uh, that was certainly a surprise. That's a really good Michigan team, and Iowa put up 104 points on them. Uh, Caitlin Clark, I'm sure everybody's heard about as well. Uh, Maryland, though, as you mentioned, was playing really well at the end of the season. Uh, aside from, I believe, a loss to Michigan, uh, they won seven or eight of their last nine games or some something along those lines. So uh, it does feel like they're one of the favorites in that half of the bracket along with uh, Indiana and Ohio State. It does feel like a little bit of a bullet dodge not having to face Iowa or Michigan until uh, the championship, potentially the final potentially you mentioned a couple names obviously everybody knows about caitlin clark um nas hillman i think a lot of people know about as well who are maybe a couple two three other players to watch in this tournament um so definitely for maryland i would say angel reese uh she's their top point scorer um very very long very lanky and really able to get the rebounds as well which is something that indiana struggled with um when they played maryland and then you know i won't talk about I won't talk about Indiana because people, most people know yeah. Indiana. Um, you know, you, you know the best players. I would say I can't, I can't pinpoint one person on Nebraska, but as a team, you know, Indiana lost to Nebraska um, on Valentine's Day, and so as a team, Nebraska was able to just kind of come together, and they weren't. It wasn't necessarily like one person scored thirty points like Caitlin Clark does, um, but they were able, uh, first of all, Indiana struggled shooting. So that was, you know, their own, their own issue, but Indiana's defense also couldn't keep up with the momentum of the Indiana or the Nebraska offense as a whole. Um, and so I think that would be something that would be something to watch, not necessarily a certain player, but just how Nebraska plays as a team in the tournament. Is is that a team you see as a dark horse team in this field? Uh, I, I would say so. Um, I think because they are sort of in that, in the top half of the big 10 um, there's a very clear division. It seems like, especially in terms of records, because, you know, Nebraska is 11 and seven in big 10 play. And then the team behind them is Northwestern and eight and eight. So there's, there's kind of a, a division there. Um, but, you know, they're, they're under the radar for sure, because you have the other top five teams that are making waves all across national news, national sports news. Um, and so I could see them kind of sneaking by and getting into those final stages for sure. And right before we we came on, uh, all the all Big Ten teams were announced. Uh, Hoosiers, Grace Berger is first team. Nicole Cardano, Hillary, Alexa Gublay, Mackenzie Holmes, all second team. Allie Patberg, honorable mention. Uh, just if you needed a reminder of how good this team is, all five starters receive some type of honors. So I'll put you on the spot a little bit. Uh, what is your prediction for how? IU does in this tournament? Oh boy. Okay. Um, so I, I think they're going to, they're going to beat whoever they play in, in their first game on Thursday, Penn State or Rutgers. I, I think they're going to beat Maryland. I think they could do it. Um, they have the will, the determination and the skill. They just have to put it all together and have everybody produce at the right time in the right way. Um, and they've been able to do it before. And with that week off of rest or week ish, um, to rest and prepare and Mackenzie Holmes slowly coming back into her own um, is a very real possibility for them. I think I, I'm going to predict that they 
will lose in the semifinals. Um, I don't see them, Michigan or Iowa, and whoever, whoever goes along with them, um, or if somebody beats either of those two teams, I don't, I don't know if I see Indiana getting to that point almost not, not just because of the time constraints and, you know, you play one game per day, but that definitely would be a big part of it. Um, because everybody, everybody would be a little tired, you know, after, after you play a tournament game every day and having to prepare for the different teams and how they play because everybody plays so differently, um, that I don't know if they could turn it around that quickly to get further than the semifinals. It's going to be an emotional game too, that Maryland game, um, that it's going to be a lot to come back from, uh, if they do win it 24 hours, it'll be a little more than 24 hours later on Saturday against presumably the, the number one seed in the conference as well. So, um, I think that's probably where I'm going to fall is that they'll beat Maryland, go two and one and fall to Ohio state, um, in that one. Overall, who are you picking as the winner for the Big Ten tournament? Overall, I think I'm probably going to have to go with Iowa. They're on some sort of hot streak right now, and I can't put my finger on what it is, but it's like they're, they're just keep, they keep going. They keep rolling with whoever they face. Um, if Caitlin Clark keeps scoring 30 points, I don't see how teams yeah. can necessarily combat that in any way. Um, and the, the time constraints that we were talking about for Indiana applies to everybody. You know, they all have to play a certain amount of games back to back. And so I think Iowa is one of the most capable teams to do that. And so that's that's why I think that they can ultimately pull it out. And that's why it it was so big for the Hoosiers to try to get that double by one less game you have to play. Uh, if I had to guess, I would say Iowa as well. Uh, just having the best player in every game that they're going to play. Um, I mean, that Michigan game, Nas Hillman is obviously really good, but um Having the best player in this team playing the way it is, I would imagine uh, Iowa is going to. That's going to be a fun game again, though, assuming Iowa and Michigan play. Could be a really fun Saturday of games. It's going to be a really fun whole weekend, or I guess it starts uh, today uh, of games. Amanda, thanks a ton for coming on, previewing. Yeah, previewing all this. I really appreciate it. Uh, you've done great work all season. I've read all season to to stay caught up on the team. Um, so go check out the IDS, obviously guys, uh, (laughs) you can follow Amanda at Amanda Foster underscore 15 on Twitter as well. Uh, we may have to do this again before the NCAA tournament. Hopefully it's, uh, before some games, the Hoosiers are hosting, but uh, nonetheless, thanks a ton for coming on. Of course. Thank you. That'll do it for today's episode. Uh, again, one more time, big thanks to Amanda. That was a lot of fun today. We'll be back with you tomorrow to uh, recap, hopefully, a win for the Hoosiers uh, in a must-win game against Rutgers. If you were looking for the preview, we did that on yesterday's episode. We moved everything up a little bit early because we are going to be at uh, Gambridge Fieldhouse for the Big Ten Women's Basketball Tournament. Schedule got shifted around a bit as a result. Uh, But thanks again for making us your first listen regardless. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for all the love, as always, guys. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and review. Most importantly, though, go Hoosiers. Have a great day.
Tuesday, excuse me, Wednesday in LEO. Uh, 